So two weeks ago, when we had our last main episode and I did my little review of Black Widow, I said you should go see it that weekend and then we'd do a podcast covering our thoughts because I saw it first day, I was recording straight away, so I didn't want to put any spoilers in, certainly for you and people listening as well. You can talk, by the way. I know, I know, I'm just <laughs> nodding away. I'm just nodding. Yeah, not an audio. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were like doing a monologue. So two weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. and then you just like go into it. We've had a few things going on. A lot of things, yeah. But you have now gone see Black Widow. Yes, I went yesterday. It has been 24 hours since you left the cinema, mm-hmm. and you have been sat there going, I really want to talk to you about it. We had friends over last night who asked you about it, yeah. and you were like, we can't, we need to <laughs> see it for the podcast. And they just, I think, rolled their eyes, because they were yes. like, what do you mean you can't talk about it? What do you mean you have to save it for the podcast? But I'm like, it's an integral part of the podcasting that I don't now say to you our friends everything I think about it I've got to save it for this moment so just a reminder of what I what I said at the time mm-hmm. I wasn't looking forward to the specific film I was really looking forward to the MCU coming back but I think it really charmed me the first two acts I really enjoyed I think it lost a bit in the third act it just turned a little bit Marvel a little bit MCU you're doing a funny funny thing with your hands there a little bit Marvel yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely it turned into machines crashing into other machines at points um, but overall, I thought it was like a good four-star film, but I thought it was very Bourne-esque, certainly in the early acts, and I really thought that you would you would warm to it. You've been dying to tell me what you thought. Yes. So I sat in the cinema by myself. I sat towards the front of the cinema, which we never do when we go together. You always make us sit at the back seats, which I never used to do because the back seats was where all the naughty kids used to sit. But I took full advantage of the fact that I was on my Todd and I was like, I can sit anywhere I like, like right next to the screen. Funnily enough, I then realised I was sitting too close to the screen. I can say it's an IMAX screen. Uh, yeah. Like, are you... <laughs> no. Do you understand the concept of sitting too you close? You know, you're like, I'm going to sit where I like. This real indignant thing of, I can sit back at the front where I used to go. And I also like sitting closer to the front because then I can't see the people in front of me. I like being the, the one closest to the screen so that everyone behind me just melts away. Does that make sense? Like, I'm, Because I'm like hypervigilant in terms of sensory... I will, I know where everyone is in the cinema and I'm always waiting for someone to just come and sit right next to me. And also if someone sits behind me and a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, I can I can hear them breathing. So, you know, all of those things. I would hope I just, so. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? I just, I like the idea that I'm in the cinema by myself. So I like to pretend that. You are very aware sensory wise yes, of everything around you. That's right. Which is why sitting at the front row of <laughs> IMAX screen <laughs> might not be my choice but for actually, you. Because it's more about the other people around me. So if I can sort of pretend that those other people aren't there, which is easier when you can't see them, but also I can, so I would say mind meld, but that's like Star Trek. Um, and it makes me sound like a bit weird. But I can, if I can, if the screen is enveloping me, it's much easier for me to cut out other things. So when I'm, when we're sitting at the back, I also have a complete awareness of the fire escape. So the exit sign. Yeah which is usually green, I know that's the... Thanks for that. <laughs> I know that's... A... And it's always there. So it's always there, part of my cinema experience. I also can see people going to the toilet and coming back, and I get really distracted by things like that. Anyway. This I is sat... why I largely go to the cinema by myself, to anyone listening. <laughs> I know. 
so I sat where I wanted to sit, but I did I did feel like I was a little bit too far forward. I was in row C for anyone who has a, a, an interest in where I sat, which is probably no one. Um, D or E, I think, would have been better, but there were people in those rows. So I went into the cinema thinking, I've got some time off. I've got, like, a day off. Mm. And really what maybe I'd want to be doing is, like, going for a long walk or something like that. And I did have that sort of moment of, oh, do I really want to go and sit for two and a half hours plus because once the trailers come on once the ads come on yeah. you should add that time in um especially because you know time is precious at the moment you want to be out doing different things i know so- i'm still waiting to find out what you thought of the film and <laughs> no sorry i'm like building a picture that no one cares about but anyway i'm gonna continue um, and i sat there and i and i sort of had that moment of i don't really want to watch this film I probably should be outside getting some fresh air. And that's sort of the level I went into. But at least I'm sitting forward. Um, but maybe a bit too forward. So I had all of that going on. I also realised that I hadn't got the toilet before I'd gone into the cinema as well. So I thought, oh no, this is like a really long film and I'm going to get like really uncomfortable. Anyway, trailers come on. And I think we should talk about trailers at the end of this review because there's some interesting ones I want okay. us to speak to you about because they're MCU trailers and Marvel things that I didn't really know anything about. So let's yeah. talk about that afterwards. Ads come on, up it comes, and on goes the film. And I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. And I'm in total agreement with you, funnily enough, because that doesn't really happen very often. No. I would give this, you know, I'm going to come right out with it at the beginning. I would also give it four stars. Mm. I also think the first two acts really rocketed away. I was so interested in them. It made me much more interested in the Black Widow character than I have ever been before. Third act, you're right. I think there were some major plot holes. I think there were some major in- issues with some characters. But I really liked it. This is probably one of my favourites. Marvel movies and I know that doesn't really mean much coming from me because I've probably watched each of them once I was, yeah. we've been going through our CDs DVDs and Blu-ray collection haven't we recently yeah. and I've noticed that we've got like there's Avengers Endgame on Blu-ray I'm, po- I'm pointing that's really helpful for the podcast but in one of the drawers I don't even think it's been opened properly or if it has it's like been opened once no it has because you watch you watched it for the first time on Blu-ray because you right. didn't go to the cinema to watch it that makes sense then but I'd forgotten about it and it's gone in a, in a cupboard we've also got like Avengers Assemble um, it, that'll be an older version isn't it because they've changed the titles now on DVD is that right? No, not at all. No, I haven't they called it something different now. No, so in America it was Marvel's Avengers. No, sorry, in America it was Avengers Assemble. In the UK it was called Marvel's Avengers. Oh right, okay. Well anyway, we've we've got the DVD through that, you know, so we've got various bits and pieces throughout um throughout the house. But I'm not someone who just puts them on over and over again. I'm not someone that's interested in the law. I will watch them. I'll think, oh, that's a nice film. But I, I tend to feel, they're, you know, for me, they're a bit throwaway. I watch them, I go, eh. And I don't really understand how they all melt into each other. You, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't get where one starts and when one ends. And if you were saying... Well, the... When you come in and there's trailers, that's the start. And when there's big, long lines of text coming and then a little hidden bit at the you end, that's exactly, the way it ends. You know exactly what I mean. Like when people say, oh, Civil War is wonderful. And I'm like, don't really remember what happened in Civil War. I don't know the difference. I mean, I have to really work on like Infinity War and Endgame, which way around they are. And also have no idea what happened in either of them. However, I do know 
that and I don't think I need to put a spoiler alert on this for people who are listening to Black Widow I think it's like it's a, a thing that everyone knows I know that Black Widow dies in Endgame that is one of the major plot points in if Endgame. you listen to a spoiler podcast for Black Widow yeah. and you require a spoiler alert for what was until recently in a re-release of Avatar the biggest film of all time worldwide yeah, yeah I think they're fair enough yeah. so that's really what I went in knowing so I knew that she had gone or, you know, in inverted commas, we think she's gone. I hope that is a final point. I really don't like it where, as in the Fast and Furious franchise, where people don't die. Yeah. Does it? People don't I want people to die. But I want there to be some jeopardy. I want there to be consequences for actions. I think, I totally agree with you. I, I think probably my biggest problem with film franchises is when you've, you, you get a big emotional moment and then 10 minutes later it comes back to bite you or a couple of films later or whatever um i get the feeling that scarlett johansson has moved on with her career mm. and would like new projects yeah, and the same as robert downey jr yeah. the yeah. same as chris evans yeah. and that's why i think that's probably the end of the original avengers as as a team on screen they may do some cameos in flashbacks in the future mm. i guess but yeah um i would be very surprised if it then turned out that Black Widow was alive. I'd be disappointed as well. Hmm. And so that was my underlying thoughts going into this was, what is this going to add to my knowledge, to my feeling about the character, to my feeling about the MCU? I felt it was going to be something that, you know, my, my thoughts were, were quite negative in terms of, oh, they're cashing in, they need to do something. I know it, it's been some time because of the pandemic, but... You know, even with the delay in time, I just felt like, well, what was the point? What was the point in this film was really mm. what I was thinking. But I came away with the with a really strong feeling that I wish this had been done years ago because it would have given so much more heft to that character. It would have given me so much more to hang my hat on. I really felt a connection to the character yeah. after watching this film and I understood more about the trauma and the the decisions that are then made following that history that the character has. Yeah. I really, really wished it had it had been it had come out at you know, maybe not at the time of Iron Man when all those early ones, but certainly in the centre yeah. of those MCU films to 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 give that that sense of of history, I think a second phase film here would be would be really good. Uh, so mm-hmm. that would be around the time of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. We'd had the first Avengers film. So obviously, this is set at a time where she is a member of the Avengers. So that would fit, and there is flashbacks two times before. So it kind of sets the mood a lot better. Yeah, I fully yeah I fully agree with you there. Um, what did you make of the cast? Okay, so um, this is where I get very excited. So like. Scarlett Johansson, right? I think Scarlett Johansson is a brilliant actress. I really enjoy her in everything. I don't think there's anything I've seen her in that I haven't enjoyed. I think she's very chameleonic in that, you know, you can watch her in something like Marriage Story, which I think I've only seen sort of half an hour of, um, and then for some reason went away and watched something different. I think you probably said to me, oh, you should really watch this film, and and then I didn't. And then you started it and going, sod him. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking all the way back to Lost in Translation, which you know I really loved her. Loved that. I think she's a very compelling presence, very quiet, compelling presence, mm. which is probably why. And I haven't seen this film, but I I know she'd be brilliant in it, and a lot of people talk about it. I feel that she's 
quite the, the right actress for something like the name's gonna escape me what's it called the one where she's an alien the one where she's an alien and she's going around is it like glasgow or something and it's like sort of almost real life didn't they film it and men come up to the car and yes and she does things to them yes what's it called is I, it in my something or other or no i'm, oh, no, I'm gonna have to look be, it up yeah, yeah. people are gonna be screaming i've seen it and yeah. um yeah it's it, it's always on someone's list isn't it it's always like all oh, top 20 films of blah 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 i've I've got issues with that film. I don't necessarily trust them when they say, oh, it was all, um, or part of it was... Part of it was real life. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of look at it and go, okay, if you say so, mate, um, under the skin. That's it, that's it. So I can understand, having not seen it, but I can understand why she would be the right person for that because she is, she really draws you to her. You, you know, There's so much going on under the surface. I mm. feel there's a lot that the brain and the eyes, you know, you can feel it's really And my cerebral. problems with the film are 100% not her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought it was a phenomenal film. Mm-hmm. I just struggle to believe that part of what they say is true. Okay. So I've sort of set her to one side almost because we've known her for a long time and we know that she's brilliant. So yes. I sort of put it to one side. So with the new people... Um, let's go Rachel Wise first because I, lo- I love Rachel Wise. I mean, God, that woman's beautiful. She's uh, like I, I don't know her from that much, you really? know. Really? Oh, she's and she's such a phenomenal actress as well. I kind of felt that so you get to know her at the be- beginning, don't you? In the sort of nineteen ninety five flashback where she's playing the mother, so the all-American mother with well, it's, I mean, David it, Harbour's... Should we say spoilers from now on? Just, oh, well, yeah. We're putting spoiler... Okay. I'm going to put spoiler all over this in the right. title, so yeah, everyone's so going to know it's spoiler. I would say... I, obviously, that reminded me completely of The Americans, which Didn't is a me. TV programme which I've just finished the final series of. Um, I love... If anyone's listened to this and is looking for a new TV show, The Americans, I believe it's all on Disney Plus now... It's such a good show. Um, like, lose yourself in five seasons of awesomeness. It did me as well. I remember when I was watching that first bit, that 1995 in Ohio, I remember thinking, oh, Mark is going to totally talk about the Americans with this. Yeah. So that's totally what it was. And I thought she she played a brilliant role there. I thought she had this real... Oh, this sort of underlying... She did so well in this underlying sense of evil to her. You never know which way she's going to go. I haven't got a clue which way she's going to go. That bit with the pig, I got very, very distressed within when you're getting towards the third act. Yes. And she's essentially torturing this pig. I couldn't concentrate on what she was saying because I was so distressed about what was happening with the animal. I forgot and, about that. Yeah, and that, that I think, shows you that you know it's she's almost like dead behind the eyes when she's doing it and you yeah. you really don't know which way she's going to go i've got an issue with that whole plot line but we'll come back to that later okay um so i thought she was great florence Pugh, we've talked about at length on this podcast uh, we, i have yeah, off the podcast we, we as well both absolutely love florence Pugh. we we think she is amazing i loved her in um not just the films that we we know her from, like Falling, it's the Falling, isn't it? Carol Morley's The Falling, yes, um, which we saw in when she was very young. She's been in Lady Macbeth. She's been in the wrestling, what the one with the wrestling that we watched. Oh God, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fighting with my family. Um, you saw Little Drummer Girl, which is something yes. I started watching but just couldn't get the, into. That too, and I loved. It. I, I think if you know people talk about it in the films, but that TV show was just. 
I really, really loved it. And I remember thinking, she is a star. She's, you know, you talk about Scarlett Johansson being mm. compelling. This is Florence Pugh's film. Yes, you know, absolutely. She, and I know people have said that on all the other podcasts, and I know mm. I'm not coming up with anything new, but she is completely, I hear this term, MVP. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was, I was thinking, oh, Florence Pugh, MVP. Have you seen Little Women? No, I haven't. I mean, again, that is her. Yeah. Because she plays Amy, which mm-hmm. obviously is a big part in Little Women. Mm-hmm. He says, not really not, knowing anything. Are you referencing beyond... Friends? Because they talk about Little Women and the plotline of Little Women oh, and Friends. Oh, I've never really equated the, the, the film yeah. Little Women with that plotline. Joey line. What, reads yes. Friends. Yeah. Joey reads Friends. Joey, Joey reads. reads. Yeah, Little Women. Oh, so yeah, I, I loved her. I loved that she got to do all the action. Um, I thought she played the role of a annoying little sister really, really well. Well, again, it's Amy from Little Women, mm. isn't it? Um, but I think her fighting works. Mm. I think the accent in the wrong hands could be problematic, but I never felt, in fact, I kind of stopped at certain points and went, why is this working? Um, but it just does. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit Alexis Smirnoff, mm-hmm. but yeah, it works. I think for her, everything that she does, I just feel it's believable. Yeah. I, I feel it's grounded in reality. And whilst I know I'm watching Florence Pugh mm. and Scarlett Johansson having a scene, and part of my brain is going, oh, that must have been really fun for them both to do, you know, when they're sitting. Um, it's a place where, is there a car being fixed or something and they're stopping for something to eat and then they pinch the car later yeah. on. And they've worked out where he's kept the keys mm. and they're using all their super spy powers. There was a bit there where I was thinking, oh, that must have been really good fun. They, they, you feel like they're, they're getting on. Yeah. And also that, you know, Scarlett Johansson is the, not don't mean to say this in terms of age, but elder stateswoman. Yes. That she is the person who's had the, the longer career out of the two of mm. them. And you really get that, that sense of that dynamic between, between the two. So I thought she was brilliant. I, I would watch her in anything, to be quite honest. I think she's just amazing. And finally... <laughs> Are you ready? I've saved him till the end because it's not David Harbour. He's David Foiver. So last night when we had some friends around, Elaine (laughs) made this joke and said, I'm saving that for the podcast. So I rolled my eyes then. I'm rolling my eyes even more having heard it about four times now. (laughs) I used it again this morning when we went for breakfast. Yes, I I know. I'm very excited. When I thought of it, I just got too excited and I should have saved it for now. But anyway. So you have a little crush on David Harbour, don't you? I love David. I just think he's amazing. I love him um, from Stranger Things. I love because he's the sheriff in Stranger Things. And also, like, for me, he's, like, completely my type. <laughs> Not something that I think we really need to go on in the podcast, but he's a broad man that likes to have some food. Let's put it, can we put it that way? Um, you know, and he's, but he's strong, but also he might have trouble fitting into some clothes. Uh, something that I find, you know, day to day. I'll be honest, I'm a little life. bit worried where this is going. Uh, I feel... <laughs> and he's got, he's got a lovely beard. Although I did feel the beard in this film went a bit too far for my liking. Uh, it went a little bit sort of, you know, Rasputin. Um, rather than sort of lo- a more sort of like Thor-esque. I'll endeavour to, uh, you know, keep, keep man trimmed for you then if this is where it's going. But I, do, I love, I think he's very lovable. Um, and 
I always get the sense that he's just having a really good time. You know when he plays Hopper in Stranger Things and yes. he's got all these kids running around him, he's hanging out with Winona Ryder and he's just got really good lines and he's being the action hero but also like a bit of a bit of a slobby sort of he's well, he's got a lot of tra- he's also yeah, he's carrying a lot of trauma as well. So you've he's got this lovely backstory. <laughs> so it just ticks all the boxes for me. Um and I really, really enjoyed him in this. I was a bit worried because you had said in our spoiler-free thing that he doesn't really have... Mu- I don't think you said he didn't have much to do, but it was like he pops up a couple of times. And I thought that he was literally just going to be there at the beginning being like the all-American dad, and mm. then maybe at the end or at the middle. He got much more to do than I was led to believe. Okay, sorry. Sorry for, for misinforming you. No, that was great. Yeah. That was great. Now, what I mean is he doesn't have a lot of... He doesn't drive the plot in many ways nope. he is the comic relief of the film mm. and the, the film's narrative is driven by this two stroke three female leads in this mm-hmm. he is there to be, make a funny line drag on some latex costume stop smiling ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> and yet just get the laughs from the audience yeah. and you know play to the back row because that, that's exactly what he's doing as well i really enjoyed his obsession with Captain America. Yes. And, you know, even in the prison, you know, he's doing that thing in the prison where he's doing, what's it called with a hand where you're, um, what's you're wrestling called? with the arms? I'm wrestling with my arms now, but yeah, what's it called when you're praying that? It's arm wrestling. <laughs> Give you a hint there. And, uh... I'm just like, I'm wrestling with the arms. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Arm wrestling with the other um, people in the prison, the other convicts. Including a huge man who was in Indiana Jones Five. Yeah, we found we out last night. Last night, um, from our friend Chris, who's well known to the podcast, who um, is uh, from the Indycast, where he does IJ in the UK. Hello, Chris. Um, he told us that the one of the guys, like the big guy at the end, that actually um, David Harbour sort of breaks. I know it's not really him. Don't worry. Before you look at me, but makes his hand go all floppy, doesn't he? Because he breaks it with the arm, the arm wrestling. Why are you looking at me like that? Because his arm go all floppy. Yeah, yes, he breaks his arm. Well, its arm goes all floppy. Yeah, it does go all floppy to, den- to denote that the arm is uh, broken, or the hand is broken. Anyway, he's going to be in the new Indiana Jones film. It's yes. sort of like a um, a tribute maybe to Pat Roach, who was like the bit the big guy um, mm. in the earlier films. So we ended up looking up him last night, didn't we? Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently he's something like seven foot four or something seven like that. Seven foot two. And then we went into a whole spin about Andre the Giant from WWE. And found a clip of this this actor um, on Good Morning Britain being made to carry Joe Swash onto screen. Yeah. Do you reckon you knew what Joe Swash was before he yeah, started? Can you imagine? So yeah, thanks Chris for that. For That kept us entertained last night. But you know, the, there's all of that going on with him where he's talking about, I'm back to David Harbour now. I'm realised I'm talking really fast as well. So um, we're back to David Harbour. He's talking about Captain America in there. He's making up all these things about all the... And I, I feel that it was made up because people were saying, hang on a minute, was that like in the 80s, Captain America wasn't around yeah. there? Um, so he's making up all these stories about how he defeated Captain America. And then when he meets uh, Black Widow and um, Elena, is it Elena is um, Florence Pugh's name? I think it is. Um, when he meets them for the first time in 20 odd years, the first thing he wants to know is, does Captain America talk about me? Yes. And I think there, there has been some discussion mainly from David Harbour outside of the film to say that he would really like to see a Red Guardian versus Captain America, you know, Russia versus the USA type film. I bet he would. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, I know, I know for all the reasons. Yeah, yeah so would I. I'd, I'd yeah. like to be Captain America in it as well, yeah. please. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's, in 
interesting because I think previously, you know, we, we've watched all those films from the 90s where Russia is the big enemy. Um, I found myself really warming <laughs> to these people who would have historically mm. been, the, you know, infiltrating America, um, infiltrating, you know, anti-West and... Um, it would have typically been set up as the inverted commas baddies, but actually I found myself really finding myself feeling very like relaxed towards them, and not, like wanting them to win. Um, so I thought that was that was interesting. I thought he did really well, even in the softer moments as well, where he's having discussions, particularly with Florence Pugh, mm. when they're talking about the way that they made they created this family it was a made con- made up construct yeah very different from the americans where the children are their their biological, biological children yeah. and so, the children don't know what's going what their parents do they yeah. yeah they appear to everyone else to be a travel agents yeah i thought that was really interesting you know you take these children uh, ostensibly away from their their parents and you put them into this construct and then you train them to be killers because i felt real sense of um unease towards david harbour's character which is unlike me um when he essentially gives he goes back to russia and he gives them to ray winston yeah who we'll, we'll come on to talk yes about in yes a we've got a lot to talk yeah. about him so when and i was sort of like oh he doesn't look like he's feeling anything he's so bought into this idea of can i have my costume back i'm the red guardian i was so sick of playing this role it was boring these girls are going to be um, given powers that will really promote Russia. And I thought maybe to, I would have liked to see a little bit more remorse or care about these girls. Because later on, where you get a sense that he did have those feelings that they, you know, was singing American Pie. And I found I got a bit teary at that point as okay. well. Um, when he's having that moment with Florence Pugh. That, that would have paid off a lot more if we had a sense that he felt some level of regret at the time that the girls are being weren't dragged away but they were taken from the only family that they knew and put into this camp so i would have liked to see a little bit maybe it is there maybe i didn't see it or you know maybe that's a character point that that they chose to go for that he was so he's so bought into that role and his role within this government that um that it wasn't needed but yeah I, i i really enjoyed everyone Bar, let's go back to him, Ray Winston. I I really love Ray Winston as like a person, as like a human being. I think he's lo- he seems to be like a really nice dad as well, like in real, like Jamie Winston's his daughter, and you can sort of you get the sense that like wouldn't you like him to be your dad? But. I, I just know him as popping up at half-time on the Bet365 adverts, telling me what I can get on a Harry Maguire to be the next goal scorer. <laughs> and that's kind of what I've seen, where I've seen it. He's become a parody of himself in yeah. that in that state. Why is he? Why are they making him do an accent? Uh, why? Oh. And at one point, I was thinking, you know what? This actually works quite well because he's dipping into like, almost like American English... And you see him with Clinton, with other leaders around the world. They've, I mean, in pretty bad CGI, I have to say, like they've really Im- like superimposed his face over on things in the in the opening credits. I really liked that though. Yes, so I, did I. I thought that was a really effective way of not having someone go, "Oh yes," and he is he is in with all the world leaders, and pan to a, a placing shot of like some photos on a on a. Th- 
totally on a shelf. Agreed. Yeah, totally agreed. I thought it was really compelling as well. But then I and then to go back to that, I was thinking, okay, well maybe. You know, if he's in with Clinton, would he have this really thick Russian accent or would he be playing a role? Like, is he like the Americans bit at the beginning in Ohio Night 95? Mm. Is he is he got the American accent and he... But actually, he's part of the of Russia. And so, so I, I tried to, to almost, like, forgive it and think, oh, it's part of the plot. No, it's, it's not, not part of the plot, is it? It's not part of the plot. Um, it goes to shit at this point because mm. you get this daft plot point about how they're implanted that if they get his pheromones that I hated that bit and she has to break her own nose yeah. and what so she can't now smell she has to break a nerve a very specific nerve mm. uh, so she can't smell from now on is that it yeah, or no no bollocks no. Um, and then at the end she just sort of like takes a bit of her nose puts it back in oh look it's fine now fine, yeah. it's fine now I mean she probably can't smell anymore but yeah. you know oh her nose is fixed suddenly yeah yeah no I mean and I didn't like that end point where he's up in space. I know he's not in space, but he's above the clouds the in, hidden, a, in a hidden lair. All I thought of was the hidden island from Wolverine Origins, whatever it's called. And the other thing I was thinking of was um, Austin Powers. I really felt it was very Austin Powers. You know, he's got the big screen in front of him. Yes. And with his, with his evil plan on the screen. And it's, it can only be opened by this massive gold ring. That he like swipes across some technology. I have no recollection of that, yeah. which is yes. Yeah, that's like a little bit of a MacGuffin that she has to get the ring off him, and then the ring opens up the computer essentially. God, yeah, like it's been two weeks, and I have edited that out of my mm. brain, which is. But in... also the fact that did we know this character beforehand? Because she talks about her and Clint, who it took me ages to work out who that oh, was. Oh, God. But that's, you know, Hawkeye <laughs> with his, with his, um, with his, what they're called, arrows. Yes. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, so bow and arrow. Um, she, she's saying that they had some sort of mission and it looked like they'd de-aged her face because they do a melt into, I say melt a lot this podcast, weirdly. They, they do like, what's it called? A fade into like an, a younger version of her face. Yes. A transition. A young version of her face. And she's watching this building blow up. She's blowing the building up with Clint. And the little girl is there. And... I mean, that's darker than I thought it was going to go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the time... Obviously, later on in the film, we find out that... Um, Bond girl from Quantum of Solace (laughs) survived. Yeah. In a fashion. In a fashion. But at one point, you're like... I'm seeing a young girl get blown up here. Yeah, and was she an Avenger at that time? She can't she was, have been, surely. She Avengers was applying to... Well, apparently they do, oh. apparently they do. Oh, was the thing that she had to kill him to show that she... she yes, show, that, show her allegiance to the Avengers. Very, oh, surely that could, she could have done that a different way. And in Endgame, or either Endgame or avengers what um infinity war mm-hmm. there is a scene it must be endgame because there's her and clin and they talk about oh that mission in budapest oh right which they kind of look back laughingly about but oh yeah we just killed yeah, that girl killed that girl yeah remember that and time you, and also which obviously she would know at that point the girl wasn't dead but it still doesn't um still doesn't yeah, remove but the girl anything is completely sc- scarred physically and mentally and yes. has been abused by her parent yeah. for the rest of her life like memories <laughs> she, 
yeah, I find that it was just a little bit off. Wasn't I mean, it? Budapest is a lovely country, yeah, and you can yeah. get a real good street food there. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, well, I was thinking of you actually when it came up. So I mean, the train station is the train station we went to when mm-hmm. we went on a trip to Vienna. Mm-hmm. Um, those courtyards which you go into, yeah. and the, the flats are in there. We were staying in one of those, so it really, really. If I spent the first five minutes just squeeing at how mm-hmm. uh, excited I was to be in Budapest, because I, I do love that city, and I think it's 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 amazing, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I going back onto the plot, I don't necessarily understand how she's got a little friend who is, I think he's Ian, Invisible Man, you don't, the one who gets her a, yeah, a helicopter. Yeah, I know him from TV, but I don't know why. Um, But then it turns I out like that him. Yelena like her, but... also knows this guy. Yeah, when he says, oh, I've got someone else in your Budapest apartment i was thinking oh well that's florence Pugh." Isn't yes it? yeah well yeah, yeah but if he's the go-to guy but he for... would definitely say oh yeah it's yelena he's not would in he... the invisible man would he's he... in the I handmaid's tale oh, that's okay. where, so that's where i'm getting confused, oh, you're getting confused. Yeah. um i don't think he would because surely you you your business runs on confidentiality that you're not gonna say oh by the way i've got this person that you might be looking for this but you know you you want it to be fully private and confidential. I'm not convinced. Well, I am. <laughs> anyway, she goes back there anyway and she finds it. Don't yeah, find. they have a little rock around the house. Can we, uh, just while we're talking about sort of plot issues, can we talk about the Melina um, plot device, which is after she's tortured the pig, which I found very upsetting, and had to like remind myself that the pig isn't really not breathing. Yes. <laughs> um she then goes to a, this magical cupboard where she has all of her Mission Impossible gear and she then talks to Florence Pugh and seems to sort of... She says something like, how have you kept your heart? And she seems to have melted a little... I said, why am I saying melt so much this time? But yeah, she, she seems to have really come round a little bit to what Florence Pugh is saying. But then she also says, oh, I alerted the Red Room ages ago, which I saw coming a mile off. Yeah. She's a baddie. She's a baddie. She's horrible to pigs. Then how does that, can you explain this to me, how does that then work into the Mission Impossible style masks? You know, oh, it's not really me, let me rip my mask off, I'm Tom Cruise. And suddenly she's okay, she's, she wants to help with everyone, she's a goodie. Is she a baddie? Is she a goodie? I so, don't understand. The way I took it was, so, I mean, the masks, I forgot about the mask. The masks, have you, did you see that they were kind of like foreshadowed in yes. the background of her the Mission back, Impossible yeah, room? Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh God, what are they? I didn't see and them then, then, but later when they go back into the room to do a flashback to show you them having a ah, conversation, you see them very prominently. Right, placed. they are there from the beginning. Okay. Um, well, yeah, they will be, so but they're just to say. The way though. I took it was, she just says, I've alerted the Red Room. And that makes you think that she's turned into a baddie. Oh, okay. But what she, I think the full conversation would be, because you need to get there to, we'll get them. Right. And this is the start of her plan to sort yeah, of fool that. them. I didn't get that. I'm I'm joining dots that the film should probably have joined for me. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. It just, the, the editing made it look like, when they do the flashback, it just didn't match those two conversations together. Maybe if... Maybe if they had gone into that room together earlier and the others had gone off to do something and then you got the flashback to show that inside that room they had had that conversation before they'd even done all the other things. Because otherwise, to me, it just looked like a switcheroo. It looked like, oh, I've alerted the red room, which I could see coming a mile off. 
And then she was like, how did you keep your heart? That one conversation turned her. That's the way I was taking it. But I didn't like that at all. I, I, no, I see it as she let it the Red Room, but it was all part of a larger plan. A larger plan. plan. Mm. Um, yeah, the fact that we still don't know this and two of us, and yeah. it's not made explicit, I think is a problem with the film. Mm. But, I mean, as a, as a piece of, as a piece of Hollywood spy thriller, even taking out the MCU connections and everything like that, I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, I did find, I think I mentioned it at the time, I think that some of the action was a little bit too close up and it, it had that thing of... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we'll have done. Um, it has that problem that like Transformers films have where it's just the bodies hitting each other rather than actually being able to understand the intricacies of the fight sequences. Yes. I mean, is it Kit Shortland who was a director? Yes, uh, who I don't know. I was going to no, ask if you know her. No, I, I don't. And I, she's not done action films before, so it might be something, mm-hmm. might just be down to the director. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred something a little bit further out so that you can understand who's got the advantage in the fight, who's mm-hmm. who's doing what, rather than I just... I did like the hand-to-hand combat that um, Elena and Black Widow had at the beginning when they were essentially matching each other because they've been trained in the same style and you can mm. see the matching of the style so whoever had choreographed the fight scenes did a really good job in matching the two of them together there's your phone again there's my phone <laughs> but it was large i mean that was largely in the trailer so it's that's kind of annoying i'm okay. quite glad that they didn't put very much of that in uh, any very much of the film sort of beyond the first act in the trailer um but yeah um yeah I'm I, I'm really excited by this film. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'm really looking forward to the remainder of the MCU films this year. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go on to trailers? Yeah, let's do it. Because you know what, we've been talking now for over half an hour about it, and you remember when we said we would do like twenty minutes or something <laughs> as a, re- a revisit. One final thing that I just want to say is I really wish there was more. I'd, not that I re- no, I'm going to re- rewind and, and start again. I felt that there was some. And I know why you're why you said <laughs> I'm doing this really badly. I know why you said let's start again. I know why you said back in the review a couple of weeks ago that I would really like this film because it does. It's a very female focused film. It is very much about women and also the removal of women's power, the the control of of women by powerful men. Um, there's a certain scene that's about um the removal of the reproductive organs which we know about because in previous mcu films black widow is saying to hulk for example that she's not able to have children and you do see a flashback of them performing a hysterectomy um Mm. so we know that that's there i think there's been some criticism of the scene in this film about them sort of making light of that operation but i didn't feel that way at all because David Harbour's going, oh, have you got your period? Which is a thing that a lot of teenage women get said to them yeah, quite a lot. I think... I so I didn't th- I didn't recommend it to you for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I it didn't... It, I thought it would you would like it because it's a Bourne-esque thriller okay. and stuff like that. I thought you might find that problematic, um, to be perfectly honest. I didn't because I think she's being 
essentially a prick to him yes. in return to his prick comment. Oh, totally. And I think it's, you know, when she's explaining what hysterectomy is, that's exactly, you know, yeah. and from her point of view, that's exactly what they've done to her. Yeah. And I really recognise that when you have something that's really traumatic, you sometimes, when someone's being a real pain in the bum to you, yeah. you know, if we get someone who's saying things about kids to to us and, you know, you, you get that whole thing of... I mean, where, I've told this story in the yeah. podcast before where someone, we were had a, quite a poor... T- quite tough time in hospital and a, a, a cleaner came along and started to make a conversation with me and wouldn't leave it alone mm. and then tried to ask if Blake's name was Henry's um, to anyone who doesn't know that's how a, that's how a son Blake's twin brother who died um, very early on and I turned around and said no that's his brother who's dead yes <laughs> to make that to make her to go make, away make, and that's that's exactly what I felt with this because I've seen criticism of this of like oh it's it's making light of it or it's making fun of it and I don't see I didn't that, see that, at that at in the slightest all. so to take it back to the round I really enjoyed that focus on women and the abuse of power by men to women, you know, mm. I really, really like that. But I did feel there were certain, certain points, perhaps towards the end, where it was just a bit too on the nose, you know, yes. where the women are all gathering in a group and they're, you know, we'll take care of her. And that's lovely. Like, that's <laughs> such a lovely sentiment. But there was a little bit in me that was going, mm, that's a little bit cringe, possibly. It's going I don't know. back to the, here we are, here we're we the are. women in Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah. to be fair, I, when I went to Avengers Endgame, I was sat next to a group of girls mm. who typically I would not expect to see in an MCU film, shall I say. Um, and they were squealing whenever Captain Marvel came on. They squealed when that happened. So it's clearly working for some people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I wanted I, just to say I that I think it was a little bit, bit heavy-handed, and I agree. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I, I would make so many changes to the third act of yes. this, and oh, that's yeah, one of totally, them. Yeah, totally. Right, um, carry on. What are we talking about now? Trailers. Trailers, <laughs> right. yeah. So what trailers did you have? Because well, I can't remember what trailers I had. Let's see if I can remember, because I was really desperately trying to remember. Okay, the one that really springs to mind is the one about ten rings. So there was something about Ten Rings. I'm not going to say Double it. Olympics? No, you know what I mean? Shang-Chi yeah, and the Legend it. of the Shang-Chi Ten Rings. Shang-Chi and, yes. Which, only when it came up at the end with, like, what it was, because it did that thing of it showed you the film, and then at the end it goes, Shang-Chi, the Legend of the Ten... You know, and, the, and the, the logo comes up. Yes. Did I realise that it was, like, part of the MCU? Did I realise that I had heard of it? Yes. I wasn't that impressed by the trailer. I felt it was quite generic. And I don't know if it's just because I don't know the story and I wasn't really paying it much attention. Therefore, I thought it looked like a bit like a kid's film. So, Do you know anything about it? I know that the people I know who really read a lot of comic books have never, ever investigated Shang-Chi at all. Right, okay. I thought you were going to say the people that you know that love comics really really love this no this is a really obscure marvel comic in the same way that guardians of the galaxy was um and do you know about the ten rings no you do because the ten rings are the organization the terrorist organization from iron man 3 see earlier podcast that we watched together with the like the mandarin yes right okay i would never have known that unless you had told me is it a very prominent thing in the foot? Do they mention the Ten Rings? A yes. Lot? So right. you know when they're doing the, <laughs> you know when they're doing the videos um, of, they're kind of doing videos that are mimicking kind of the 
videos from Al-Qaeda and things yes, like that yeah. in the film, they are branded mm. as being from the Ten Rings. Right, okay. So, so are you going to get um, Sir Ben Kingsley coming, well, coming in this? I don't know. <laughs> it didn't look like he was going to rock up, because I just didn't get that at all. I really hope so, because I'd love to. See, I'd love that character, and I really mm. hope to see him back in the MCU. Is there someone... Because um, they're getting a lot of women, like in people who do indie films, women who do indie films, yeah. to direct these. Is this another example of someone coming in? So this is uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, right? Who did Short Term Twelve? Oh, did you like? Is that one that you liked? I can't remember. I watched that quite recently. Yeah, mm. it's, it's really really good. Um, did Just Mercy a couple of years ago, which is one that I didn't see, but Michael G. B. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx and also Brie Larson again. Um, I I think Brie Larson might have been the link between this person and because obviously it's someone who worked with him a lot and I wonder if she's going to rock up in this because oh, okay. I mean, but mm-hmm. as far as I know, I don't know anything about Shang-Chi. Yeah. I don't know much about comic books before they come out yeah, anywhere. It didn't make me want to go and see it. No. Maybe I need to know a bit more about it. But then we can't on one hand, criticise, say, the Thor Ragnarok trailer for showing yeah. too much. And that's something yeah. you've seen recently on the Ghostbusters trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it shows you way too much. Please beware, anyone who wants to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife, if you, if you want to just, like, not know... I mean, you know, some trailers can give away some things, like, oh, who's going to be in it, and that sort of thing. But yeah. this gives you the entire film, and I was really, really disappointed. Mm. So... I don't know anything about this film. I've seen the trailer. I've gone, okay, same as yeah. you did. Yeah. But I really like Destin Daniel Cretton. Yeah. I really like Aquafina, who's in it. Yes, I spotted her. So yeah. That, yeah. But she was only in it for like two seconds. I really like Michelle Yeoh, who's in it. Yeah, I mean, who obviously. doesn't? Yeah. Um, so I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So the one before that, I'm going backwards now to remember, was there was a G.I. Joe film as well which had the guy from oh, Crazy Rich Asians yes 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 Henry Golden. yeah that's it thank you thank you I mean, can't think of anything today that's not his best role <laughs> what's his best role Last Christmas of course we did it for the yes I know I couldn't remember yes I loved him in Last Christmas he was also in um, The Gentleman the oh, Guy Ritchie oh, film Guy Ritchie, yeah. yeah he he's a very um a very interesting action hero presence in this film I was like whoa so, Henry Golding's going like super he's a bit bondy actually I've seen absolutely nothing about this but I, I mean make a great bond well that's what people are saying oh, as well, well isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah well, uh, sorry that's not that's not a hot take as you thought it was yeah <laughs> But again, I didn't know what this film was about until the end, where it went something, something, a G.I. Joe story or something like that. I was like, I don't know G.I. Joe. I, G.I. Joe wasn't really a thing bothered. around here. No. So there was, it was called Action Force, and I think that was something a little bit different here. Is but... that Action Man? No. Right. No. So G.I. Joe were little figures. Right. And then, but. For some, because I guess kids in the UK in the eighties didn't know what GI what a GI what was, a GI, yeah. so it was called Action Force, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it was the same characters or whether that was kind of like a little offshoot. And I think I've since done some reading, and I think that Action Force was integrated into GI Joe at some point. But yeah, I I know nothing about it. I saw the first film that came out years ago with who did it have? did it have did Shia LaBeouf in? Oh, well, Transformers was Shia LaBeouf. Not Shia LaBeouf. Um, I don't mean Shia LaBeouf. Okay. I mean Joseph Gordon-Levitt. In the 
G.I. Joe film? I'm pretty sure that happened. I'm going to have to really? look. Yeah. G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. That's the new one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Channing Tatum. No, that, that's the original one. Oh, right. And it's um, Channing Tatum, Sienna Miller and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, I would never have thought that. Yeah. And Marlon Wyans and Ray Park playing Snake Eyes. Of course. Yeah. Mm. That was awful, that film. Okay. There was a sequel which brought in Bruce Willis and The Rock. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> if your first film fails, bring in Bruce Willis and The this Rock. This feels like some sort of like dream sequence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he looked great. Yeah. It looked fine. Again, I'm slightly put off because I think it would be something to take, like, maybe Blake to, our son, when he's a bit older. Like, obviously not now. I think it's a but teen action a te- film. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, fine. Then there was... What I really want to call, and I I remember trying to rem- in the film in the in the cinema. I was this is gonna be fun, isn't yeah, it? I was trying to remember all these trailers, so I was like doing that thing where you get where you run through them in your mind. Right, right. Remember that one. Remember that one. And all the way through the trailer and afterwards, until the words came up or the word came up on the screen, I called this the Immortals. And when I wanted to talk to you about it, now I'm going, oh, and then I saw the trailer for The Immortals. It's not The Immortals. I'm no. saying it in a slightly Geordie accent as well. Mortals. It's Eternals. Eternals, yes. I'm never going to call it The Eternals. I don't even think it's The Eternals, is it? No, it's, it's just Eternals. Eternals. To me, it's The Immortals, which is going to drive everyone up the wall. But that's all I can think of. Mm. But anyway... I think they're immortal because they seem to last a long time through history. And they they arrive in an Independence Day type transport. Yes. In old times, let's say the days of yore, um, yesteryear. They're going, you know, they're, they're there. They're going to give the planet a little bit of a nudge to help them along. And they're there all the time in the shadows. It looks great. I have to say, I know I'm taking the mic. It looks great. It's uh, Chloe Zhao, isn't Chloe it? Zhao, it's yeah. Chloe Zhao, and that's the thing that's really pulling me towards it. Alongside Angelina Jolie, who looks ethereal, and some other people who I really like, like Gemma Chan, Summer Haya. yeah, and the fella from uh, the, the fella from Game of Thrones. I sound like an old woman, you know, and you're like, you can't remember anything. Well, I found What's it interesting that this stars both Richard mm. Madden and Kit That's Harrington. It, thank you. Yeah, I didn't see Kit Harrington in the trailer. Mm, okay, I only saw Richard Madden because obviously he has he has a line in it about him looking after the like Avengers. Like, yeah. He said, oh, I could be the leader of the Avengers. Everyone, everyone laughs. You got Barry Kogan in there. Um, you've got uh, Camille Nanjiani, Brian Tyree Henry. Mm, I'm just going I'm through the list. Lot, on, yeah. yeah, I mean he's 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 got a very good agent, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he has. I liked it. I liked the look of it. I liked the feel of it. Yes. It all there was the the beginning of the trailer really reminded me, and you, everyone might roll their eyes at this, but really reminded me of Prometheus in that sort of hero people of old you know the the old people of the planet i'm not and sure i want to know about some, this it's, uh, some, yeah, some, i hope not some alien comes along and gives them you know and does something to the planet sort of thing yeah. but anyway it's got that sort of feel at least it i thought it had yeah I, I like the look of it i would like to see it even like the secondary cast um i'm just going i'm just flicking through imdb as we're talking about this but lauren ridloff who's in the latest series of the walking dead she is a deaf actress mm-hmm. um who's in been a lot of things i think she's in sound of metal as well which we've had 
on our we, we need we to watch this watch that, yeah we need to be in the right for a long yeah, time yeah uh, but she's very very good in the walking dead um and she's in it so yeah i'm really excited by this despite seeing the trailer and going well i'll see how that goes as well i think it's the same i think i trust the mcu process and i it's interesting that i'm more excited about the directors that they're working with now than the actual cast and superheroes themselves because mm-hmm. they've used up all the big ones the, i mean spider-man was the last big name to come out and so they've now got to script the barrel and i mean obviously they're going to introduce the fantastic four again for the third time oh, yeah. in 15 years they're going to introduce the x-men again for the second time in our lifetime yeah. But they need to get some new superheroes on the on the board, having lost their franchise players. And I think it's I'm interested to see just how they do that in this in this film. We haven't talked about the post credit sting. Oh, we didn't. Did we? Oh, well, that's useful to put it at this end then. Yes. After we talked about the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I waited for it because you warned me to. And uh, the cinema did that really annoying thing of opening up the door. Yeah. Like the fire exit, you go out through the fire exit now. Um, so you opened up the fire exit door and started cleaning up around me as well <laughs> and making loads and loads of noise and having a chat between themselves as well because there were yeah. two, two ladies sort of uh, tidying everything up and having a proper chat and I'm thinking, yeah. And then wait, and all the lights came on and you know you have that feeling that everyone's waiting for me to go, everyone's yeah. waiting for me to go, but I just want to wait till the end and the end just seems to be such a long way away. Anyway, most of the people left but then there was a group of of, of like parents with kids yeah. who then clocked on that I was sat there yeah. like a numpty by myself waiting. And then they were sort of asking the staff, look, is there anything they didn't know? But because I was sat there, they then went and sat in front of me on the seats in front and sort of just waited was with that me. Was that row B or row nice. A? That was row A. Okay, just... If there, sure. Is there a row A? Because sometimes there isn't. No, it would be because there was two in front of me, yes. <laughs> God. Move on, Elaine. Move on, and then it eventually came up, and they did, did bless them. They did then stop tidying at that point, and all the yes. rustling behind me stopped. Um, yeah, mm, wasn't the ending I thought it would be. I like the fact that they acknowledged that Black Widow was dead. I hated that bit where she did that whistling, and I thought, oh no, she's gonna like Scarlett Johansson's gonna whistle back and walk out from behind a tree. That was my worry as well. Oh, and I think they've obviously done that on purpose. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll whistle into the grave and see what comes mm. back at you. I mean, it's because we've watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We know that Elaine from what's the what's the thing? Seinfeld. Seinfeld, thank you. Elaine from Seinfeld has rocked up in there to talk to Kurt Russell's son. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant with names today. So I know, and I don't know she's called Valentina until Florence Pugh says, oh, Valentina, blah, blah, blah. I realise that that's setting up that she is almost like got a shadow organisation of people who might be thought of as wrong-uns to go and, you know, like... Oh, they're don't, all wrong-uns, yeah. You know mean? Like the Suicide Squad, you know, like it's the alternative, yes. isn't it, to the goodies. Um and that she's now saying, look, here's Clint for the 50th time mentioned in the film. Here's Clint. Was this the point where you realised who... Killed... Yeah, probably. <laughs> that he, here he is. Went, oh. Are they setting up... You'll know more about this than me. Are they setting up the Hawkeye TV show? Yes. Right, okay. So is she going to be in the Hawkeye TV show then? She hasn't been announced. Right. But 
I think that's what they are leading up to. And I think it, th- there is clearly a step to she fights him, they come to a, 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 a conclusion that everything is, you know, that they're all right, come to a truce, and then she joins as an Avenger, clearly as the Black Widow character. So what do you know about the Hawkeye TV show? I know that there's, is Hayley Steinfeld in it? Yes. And is she meant to be his daughter who takes on the Hawkeye? Not his daughter, role. but his protégé. Okay, that's essentially it. Because I know in Endgame, wasn't he teaching one of his children to do the bow and arrow thing? Before yes. they disappeared, or yeah. in Infinity War, or whatever. Yeah, um, Sorry, <laughs> just like, whatever. I was a bit dismissive of me, but you know, like one of those films. Yeah, so I kind of know they're setting up the, the idea that Clint will retire or like a new... It's like the X-Men again, isn't it? It's like, oh, you're going to have... Um, the, the Storm is a teacher and she's teaching Jean Grey and all of that sort of Storm stuff. Storm would never oh, teach no, Jean teaching Grey. Grey. No, she isn't teaching... Am I thinking about the... She teach Rogue or Jubilee. That's yes, yes. That's Kitty what Pride. I mean. That's what I mean. Where is my head at? I don't know. I'm too. It's too much. There's too many superheroes and too many. I'm like my head's all mashed up with Eternals and all the other trailers as well. It's very confusing for me. It's you know. Yes, apparently so. Maybe I need a spreadsheet or something. But I encourage that massively. <laughs> Fine is what my reaction to it was. Did I really need to stay at the end to watch it? Well, yes. it sort of sets up the next thing. But could I have found it on YouTube? Probably. Oh, God. And, and also by that point, I had needed to go to the loo for two hours. Because you know how I said at the beginning of this podcast, I got myself all set up. I realised I hadn't got the loo. And I did have that thing of being really uncomfortable throughout most of this film. But to give it, to kind of show how much I liked it, I didn't want to leave and go and then come back again and miss something. That's just so, bad management. That's... <laughs> I've only ever had to leave a cinema twice to go to the loo. Well, you're a man. But that's... That was 30 Days of Night? You ever oh, seen that? Okay, I think so. Oh, I hated that. I think so. It's one about the vampires. Yeah, and that was, yeah. And that, and then Captain America, no, Captain Marvel the second time watching it. Well, that's fair enough. But because me and Jim keen. went to the pub beforehand and so I was full well, panting well, by the time. Well, that's your own fault, isn't yes. it? That's your own fault. <laughs> right, now we're way beyond what we said we would do with this woman. An hour, we're almost at an hour. That is ridiculous, but it just goes to show you, you know. We'll just fire off a quick to, podcast then. Say, yeah, we'll just do a quick one. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. If you've got to the stage, well done. Yeah, yeah, a gold badge. Please get in touch, and we'll uh, we'll <laughs> yeah. lord you with praise for getting this far. So yeah, let us know if you thought Black Widow was as good as we did. We were giving it five stars, but I know it's had some mixed reviews out there. Uh, so four stars, not five. Did we? Oh, did I say five stars? You said oh, five. I meant, just I meant to say four. I'll take away a star. Yeah. yeah, we've given it four stars, both of us, and we really enjoyed it. Albeit problems with the third act, problems with some yeah. some plotting. Let us know what you thought of it because we have we have seen mixed reviews, and it'd be really interesting to hear what you what you think. And I've actually heard people say the beginning's rubbish, but the end's great. Mm. So yeah, mm. clearly it's yeah, down let, to the person. Let us know what you think. Mm. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at the Honeymoon Pod. And if you'd like to drop us a review, we would really appreciate it. Thanks very much, everyone, and we'll be back shortly, probably with a main show, I think. Main show, Talk yeah. about TV and more films. We've got a lot to talk about. We have. <laughs> See you Bye. later. Bye.